Happy November, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast, Grab It Quick News. Only two more episodes left until season two is over. I know we've had so much fun. We are heading into Thanksgiving, and I cannot wait to eat all those holiday goodies like Cajun turkey, stuffing, and pumpkin pie. For those of you just tuning in, this is season two of Grab It Bazaar Sex News. A big thanks to everyone who is listening and a big shout out to my friends who are writing to me. All right, let's get started. A gentle reminder, if you are not 18 or older, you should not be listening to this without your parents' consent. Could a cervical surgery cause sexual dysfunction? At 25 years old, a young American woman was in a new relationship and excited about her partner. Three months into their relationship, she had a procedure to remove abnormal cells from her cervix. She says she immediately knew something changed inside of her body. It was really painful, like all my insides felt kind of broken. And then I knew something was really wrong, the woman stated. I felt I just don't feel good in my body and I don't feel like having sex which is quite unusual because I had a very high sex drive in addition to a lack of libido when the couple did have sex she could no longer enjoy the sensation of an orgasm I could feel it in my body muscles contracting but I couldn't feel any pleasure she says 12 years after the procedure she started doing research and discovered that she was not the only woman who suffered sexual dysfunction after undergoing the loop electrosurgical excision procedure also known as leap l-e-e-p she started the facebook group healing from leap slash l-l-e-t-z which now has thousands of members many women are reporting the same pain and symptoms with sex after this procedure leap is used to remove abnormal or precancerous cells from the cervix the lower part of the uterus the debate is now gaining more attention centered around whether the procedure can cause sexual dysfunction in some women cbs5 investigates consulted dr Stephen nelson with camelback women's health as a gynecologist he's been performing leap for nearly 30 years and calls it potentially life-saving During LEAP, an electrical wire is used to remove abnormal cells from the cervix. Imagine a cheese slicer. You push against the cheese and it slices through. The cheese comes out in a nice little slab, says Dr. Nelson. What we're doing is we're putting the wire underneath the tissue and it's electrified. And as it sweeps underneath the tissue, it cuts its way through and seals the blood vessels underneath. One advantage of LEAP is that it allows the tissues to be examined for cancer. However, Dr. Nelson warns the procedure has been overused and the amount of tissue removed depends solely on the doctor. He states, I've seen people that have had LEAP and the surface looks normal, but I've certainly seen others who have had LEAP procedures and you can tell there's a big hole someone took. Removing too much tissue can weaken a woman's cervix and cause complications during pregnancy. However, the doctor questions the allegations and the procedure leading to sexual dysfunction by damaging nerves in the cervix. He states, in my opinion, I really don't see the nerve connection. I've seen the articles that indicate that nerves have tissues there we know there are nerves because the cervix is sensitive but whether or not those nerves are part of sexual response I think is questionable there may be other things that are going on in these patients that may be affecting their perception of their sexual response sexual response is extremely subjective with a lot of psychological overlay 
While the cervix is not typically viewed as an erogenous zone or having a role in sexual response, the growing number of women reporting sexual dysfunction after LEAP is capturing the attention of researchers Dr. Erwin Goldstein, a specialist in sexual medicine who believes that LEAP can lead to sexual dysfunction by damaging the nerves. Your cervix is a sexual organ. In some women, it participates in their sexual pleasure and enjoyment, Dr. Goldstein says. A study published earlier this year examined the role of the cervix in sexual responses and the possible effects of LEAP. Dr. Goldstein says the cervix is filled with nerves that can sense pressure. During sex, in some women, the pressure sends a signal to the brain, which elicits a sense of pleasure. He says damaging the nerves by slicing through the tissue can cut off the woman's ability to feel that sense of pleasure and it may lead to overall sexual dysfunction. Dr. Goldstein is not pushing for doctors to stop doing LEAP. However, he believes women need to be warned about the possible physical and emotional risks. He states, I'm going to presume you go to a doctor for what you would consider a benign procedure and you wake up and your entire sexual function is taken from you. I'm going to ask, would you be depressed about that? The average person is going to say yes, Dr. Goldstein explains. The woman is now happily married to the man she was dating at the time she had had the leap and feels lucky to have an understanding partner. More than a decade later, she still has trouble getting aroused and feels the procedure cut out a part of who she was. You can never go back to being that happy, carefree person enjoying sex because you're always worried about pain, she describes. While she enjoys sex with her husband, she says she has to put a lot of effort into what used to come naturally. I can't get myself in the mood for sex as often as I used to, she states. It's just devastating. I feel lucky compared to some of the stories I hear, she says. As tough as it is to speak about her sexual dysfunction after years of feeling isolated, she wants other women who experience problems after LEAP to know that they are not alone. date admits to strangling Grace Mullane says she begged for 50 shades of gray. This story is by Lee Brown published November 14th of 2019 at 8:02 a.m. The Tinder date accused of murdering backpacker Grace Mullane has admitted to strangling her during sex, saying that she begged him to help recreate raunchy scenes from Fifty Shades of Grey, a court heard this week. The 27-year-old New Zealand man admitted having violent sex with the Brit, but only realized she was dead when he found her on the floor the next morning. According to the police interviews played in Auckland High Court, he said he started to dial for an ambulance but stopped himself because because of quote unquote how bad it looked later telling the cops in his interview that there's a dead person in my room I thought it looked terrible instead he purchased a suitcase to bury her in saying that he threw up a few times as he bundled her dead body inside according to the Sun newspaper I just kept saying I'm sorry I'm sorry he claims in his interviews the accused whose identity has been suppressed by the court insisted to the cops that Mullane 21 was the one to initiate rough sex after coming back to his hotel after their tender date according to the paper 
She started talking to me about Fifty Shades of Grey, he told cops. She told me there's a few things she likes doing and that she done with her ex-partner. And we started having sex, he said, according to the report. Calling it normal and placid, he said. She then asked to, quote unquote, get into bondage. And he started to do it. She then started to bite him. He claims he told her that he was new to all of this stuff, but that she coaxed him to just go with it according to the report she told me to hold her arms tighter and then she told me to hold her throat he said of their date the night before her 22nd birthday then all i remember is falling asleep in the shower he said claiming he thought Melaine had left when he crawled back into the bed i woke up the next day and saw that she was lying on the floor i saw that she had blood coming from her nose i screamed i yelled out at her i tried to make to see if she was okay and i tried to move her he insisted he was in shock throughout getting her into the suitcase and also buying cleaning products to hide the mess. The Sun reports, the whole thing didn't seem real. I kept thinking she's going to wake up. She's going to be okay, he said in the interviews. All I could think about was what we shared the night before. And then I put her body into a bag. The defendant denies murder. The trial is expected to go on until early next month. Orgasm isn't always a good thing and can even happen during bad sex. It isn't a stretch to say that orgasming is normally associated with a sex a successful sexual encounter, but a recent study published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior found that orgasms don't always indicate a positive sexual experience. Negative orgasming could indicate a range of problems during consensual sexual encounters from reaching climax in order to appease a partner's ego to transgender people feeling gender dysphoria after orgasming, according to the study. People who experienced negative orgasms felt pressure from societal expectations and to appease their partners. While orgasming has a long history of being tied to sexual success and even being associated with feminism in the 1960s, the researchers behind the study point out that this can put unwanted pressure on people during a sexual encounter. The study surveyed 726 people between the ages of 18 and 66 on whether they had ever had a negative experience tied to orgasming during a consensual sexual encounter. A majority of those surveyed were white and did not identify as heterosexual. They had a variety of gender and sexual identities as well. The study was relatively small, so it couldn't capture the full spectrum of people's sexual experiences, but some clear trends stood out including some participants feeling pressure to reach orgasm due to both external and internal pressures outside. The researchers point out that the orgasm imperative or the idea that orgasming is the goal of sex has been critiqued in the past for pathologizing orgasm absence and even driving people to seek unnecessary medical treatment when it doesn't occur on a consistent basis. This idea of always reaching orgasm as quote unquote normal in turn puts pressure on people to orgasm during uncomfortable consensual sexual experiences. 
In addition to societal pressure, some participants indicated that more direct pressure to orgasm from their partners made their experience negative overall. One participant said he had an ex who could be very into pleasuring him during sex, but also put a lot of performance pressure on him to come every time he had sex and also to have multiple orgasms. Often if I didn't come or didn't come as much as she wanted me to, she would get frustrated and accuse me of not being attracted to her or prioritizing too many other things over our sex life. Study authors Sari Van Anders, a professor at the University of Queens, and Sarah Chadwick, a doctoral candidate at the University of Michigan, told Insider that in addition to being uncomfortable for participants, these forms of explicit Explicit pressure often mirrored sexual coercion tactics, which suggested that pressuring a partner to orgasm might be coercive. Negative experiences resulted in less pleasurable or painful orgasms. In addition to being asked if they had felt either extremely pressured to orgasm internally or externally, partners were surveyed on the overall quality of their orgasm during sex. The majority of those surveyed reported that orgasms were less pleasurable and at times weaker, painful, and emotionally disconnecting during negative but consensual sexual encounters. It felt like the physiology of an orgasm without the emotional spiritual component, one participant wrote in response to the survey. It was also painful, like I didn't have any adrenaline to buffer the physical sensation. Orgasming can be associated with gender dysphoria, religious shame, and other identity-based factors. Identity-based factors like religion, race, and gender also played a strong role in some survey participants feeling bad during sex when they reached orgasm. The responses indicated that for people of color, orgasm experiences can oftentimes become negative when a partner makes stereotypical or fetishizing comments about their race during sex. One woman wrote, he sized up my body in ways that felt dehumanizing, commenting on me having a a figure built for athletics and childbirth, which is as a black woman, pretty upsetting. Other factors that led participants to have negative orgasm experience included transgender and non-binary people feeling dysphoric about their bodies after orgasming and people feeling religious shame about orgasming. Chadwick and Van Anders told Insider that the negative impacts of these identity-based reasons for having negative orgasm experiences are what they would like to study more moving forward into the future. We hope that these findings will help change cultural notions about orgasms so that, for example, orgasm does not automatically mean that the sex is great or it does not invalidate negative feelings about certain parts of the encounter or the encounter in general. Now it's time for the second part of my podcast, Letters to Jessica. Our first letter is a male in North Carolina. He writes, Dear Jessica, if you're in a relationship and your partner cheats on you and you decide to stay, do you think the relationship will be able to be the same at some point? Well, thank you so much for writing me the letter mail in North Carolina. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say that if my partner cheated, we would not be together because I just roll like that. I'm a really cool girlfriend. So if you're open and honest with me, you know, you shouldn't be cheating. But 
for the sake of this question, I will go ahead and give you an answer. So let's say for whatever the reason this person cheated on me and I took him back. How long will it take for us to get um, back to the point of good? Basically is what you want, right? The honeymoon phase. So the truth of the matter is it will never be the exact same, but it can be better. So usually with cheating, the reason people get so upset with cheating is because it is kind of cowardly, it's sneaky, it's hurtful, and it's very distrustful. I mean, you're putting time, energy, effort, okay? And I'm not even going to talk about the finances, but you have literally used all of your energy to put on this person so that they can be in your world and share what you have and vice versa. And then all of a sudden you find out that they have, you know, broke that they violated that trust. It then pops that love bubble that you were in and then it it removes the blinders and you're like, oh my God, who the fuck is this person? Like, I've never seen this person before. And then it starts to make you doubt yourself and then it, well... Is that why they were gone so long all the time? Well, is that why she said that to me? Is that why old boy commented about that? And then it starts to make you wonder if this person was ever truly meant for you. Because if this person was meant for you, then they would know that this is a deal breaker. But it happens. So then you go from there to, I really want the truth. And this is where... It gets tricky for a lot of people, men and women. When you cheat on someone, that person, if they truly love you, they just want to know the truth. And you're going to go, well, I'm going to give them the truth. No, you just saying I cheated on you or two years ago I cheated on you. That's it. It's it's kind of like, what? That's it? You're not going to tell me more? And it's like, no. And a lot of the times you don't want to tell them more because you really don't want them to come out of a bag and you don't want to hurt them if you truly love them but the truth is these people are already hurt by the distrust so you might as well be honest completely honest does that mean you have to give them every detail no but it does mean that if that person asks you a question about the cheating you need to be honest if that means um They want to know who you cheated with. They want to know where you met the person, how you met. Um, What did y'all talk about? Did this person have your phone number or was this just like a app meetup? They're going to want to know that. And you're going to have to be open enough to say that stuff. And a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't be like, hey, last Wednesday, because me and you got into it and I didn't know how to relieve my stress, I cheated on you and had unprotected sex with this woman and a couple others. It just doesn't happen. So in order for that to, you know, come to fruition as far as getting back on the same page, you have to establish trust. And the way that you do that is you answer the questions that they give you. If you can answer those questions and show remorse, because sometimes you can answer the questions and be like, yeah, I did that. (laughs) Take that. Take that. You know, and it's like, well, do you even care that you cheated on me? So if you don't care, then why are we even doing this? So you always have to remember that there are levels to it. And also the cheat. I mean, was it one time cheating or was this an affair? 
because an affair is a totally different thing than you just meeting a girl and hooking up with her one time. An affair means that she was filling in the holes where I was lacking. And now I want to know where was I lacking at? Because I thought I was doing a pretty good job. You know what I mean? It, it starts to make these wheels turn and it can, you know, turn for the better or it can <laughs> turn for the worse. But generally, if you truly love this person, you're going to tell them the truth and then you're going to apologize. You're going to ask for forgiveness and then your actions are going to show that you mean what you say and that you say what you mean. And that is how you can get it back on track. Will it be the same? No. You will never have that again because that person did something called blind trust. They trusted you completely blindly. Now they will trust you, but they're going to look at you a little sideways every now and again just to make sure that you're doing what you need to do. So... Yes, if you stay, it can strengthen the relationship. It can open communication barriers because everybody, I'd say the first year in a relationship, nobody is who they seem in that relationship. There's a lot of faces. There's a lot of masquerading and you want to present your best self. But when you cheat or lie and it's a big deal, that best self goes away and you're just stripped away with yourself and they're stripped away with their self. And so you have to talk the real selves authentic selves have to talk and come up with do do we love and love each other enough to want to stay together so that is my answer thank you so much for the letter Our second letter is from a male in Canada. He writes, Dear Jessica, me and my girlfriend are in a long distance relationship and we talk on the phone every night. <laughs> every is in all caps, y'all. <laughs> but it's always boring. Uh-oh, and that's in all caps. Dry conversation, if there's any conversation at all. How do I tell her the relationship is basically boring? She also doesn't like to do quote unquote sexy stuff over the phone. So, Mail in Canada, thank you so much for writing me. Um, your girlfriend and you are in a long-distance relationship. I'm going to say congrats to that. It takes a real one to do that. Um, I'm going to say that you do not want to tell your girlfriend that the conversations are boring or dry at all. <laughs> you never want to say that. So, what I do get from this letter is that this is a make it or break it advice huh it's either <laughs> I give you some really good advice and if this advice doesn't work you're leaving her because <laughs> you seem like you're over it so I'm gonna say this generally speaking I would say about 85% of the female population when they are in a relationship with a man prefer the man to take the lead so the conversation is boring but what are you bringing to the conversation, right? Because it takes two to have a conversation. So then you say um, the dry conversations. Um, how do I tell her our relationship is boring? Well, your relationship is going to be boring because it's long distance. But at the end of the day, you made a commitment to this woman and to yourself. So, sir, my advice to you is you're either going to have to break up with her or you're going to have to step 
your dick game up. And everybody's like, Jessica, what do you mean by step your dick game up? What I mean by stepping your dick game up is that you guys are long distance. So the conversations you guys should be having should be about the Netflix shows that you guys are watching together. It should be a book that you guys have chosen because, hey, we're adults here. So if that means we do Oprah's Book Club just to keep some shit going and we don't like Oprah's Book Club, we can go to D.L. Hughley's Book Club. You know what I mean? We need to have some conversation where it's not just about how your day is and how her day is. Because if you guys are talking every day and texting throughout the day, you guys know, you know that. So text and talk about something exciting, a new book, a newspaper article that you've you've read, stuff like that. And if it still feels like it's boring, then maybe you guys need to sit down and maybe you need to be like, babe, I want to go ahead and make it where we talk Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, or I want to talk Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday. And during those times, we Skype, we talk about the books, we talk about the newspaper articles, and we talk about one thing that we're grateful for. You have to set the tone for the conversations you want to have, because sometimes women are not conversationalists. It is different when we have a conversation with our homegirl than we when we do when we have with our man, because we want our man to see us as that girl, right? That perfect girl. I'm not doing nothing because what if we tell you we're going out with our homegirl and we're wearing short skirts in a long distance relationship, you're going to come out of a bag. So maybe it's better for me to not say anything. So this is why I'm telling you, step your dick game up. Give her a reason to be excited to talk on the phone with you. Because I'm telling you now, if she not talking to you on the phone, she's talking to someone else and vice versa. So if you guys are really going to save this relationship, you guys need to take this long distance stuff, the next level. So the next level would be on the weekends, you guys have a FaceTime or a Skype session and it needs to be in a nice place that you would want to take them had they been there with you. So if it's a nice park, if it's a flower garden, if it is um, a museum, go there and take her with you, FaceTime her, show her, babe, this art would look so cute and da 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 And I guarantee just that right there or, hey, babe, we're going to go here when you get here. That starts to get her to think, well, maybe I do want to visit more. And you both can start planning a vacation. Doesn't have to mean you guys come to the same cities, but at least it keeps your mind off of the boring conversation or the dry conversation. There's also... um, These questions called getting to know you questions. You can Google them. There's about 200 of them and they're icebreaker questions. And a lot of people think, well, icebreakers is for people that you know. But the issue is, do you really know people? Not really. So bring out a couple icebreaker questions. Also, there's a book called Would You Rather? Um, I bought this book. And I thought, oh, it would just be fun to have around if my friends come over and they open the book and they read and they go, oh, my God, Jessica, this is a crazy ass book. But ironically, this book is 
entertaining for everybody. And it has the craziest would you rather questions in it. And it makes you think and then next thing you know, you're you're in like the middle of the would you rather book texting somebody like, would you rather eat a chocolate covered maggot or a grasshopper that's still alive? Like, and it, it just adds a little more, more fun to your conversations. There are so many ways to have a good time with your significant other if you really want to. Now, I have laid out about six different things that you could do for your spouse or significant other. If you don't like any of those things, then you need to face the facts that it's not the things, it's her. And if that's the case, then you need to let her down and you need to let her know that this long distance relationship is not working and that we need to move on. But the worst thing to do with someone is to um, hold on to them when there's nothing left to hold on to. Thank you so much for the letter. Our last and final letter comes from a female in Florida who writes, Dear Jessica, the holidays are coming up and I need suggestions for Christmas gifts that my man would like. I am in a fairly new relationship and I want this gift to be perfect. Thanks, Jessica. Well, you're welcome, female in Florida. The holidays are coming. So since this is a fairly new relationship, I am going to go ahead and say that you need to talk with your man first about gift giving. So I know you can say, Jessica, why? He my man. He know Christmas is coming. Girl, he don't know. Men are dumb like that. They don't know that they're supposed to be giving you a gift. And they don't know if they're supposed to be getting a gift. They really don't. They have no idea. So once you say, hey, babe, I want us to do gifts this this Christmas. It's, you know, I think it'll be cute. He's going to say, okay, babe. Now you have to do a price range. If you are in college or if this is, this relationship is six months or or less I would say $20 you know limit if this is six months to a year then you can go to $50 um and I know you're gonna say well Jessica that's not very much but it is um the reason I don't say go higher than that is because I don't need anybody mad about buying your man a Rolex watch for y'all's first Christmas and he is showboating that Rolex watch on all his social media. I'm that I'm that cat. Yep, yep, yep. Look at me with this Rolex. DM me, ladies. And then you the one, I bought you that Rolex. Yeah, you see my point? So that's why you don't want to get expensive gifts at the very beginning of your relationship. Also, you don't want to give expensive gifts because it sets a precedent for men, right? Like men usually get gifts that remind them of you, whether that's, you know, $10 flowers or, you know, a little necklace that they saw. So let's say you get him this Rolex and he got you this $10 necklace. He's going to feel a little out of place. And you, let's be honest, you're going to be like, that's all you got? So that's why a price cap is so important when you're doing your first Christmas together. So that way, there's no no static, okay? So once you get your price range together, and that should be between $20 and $50, then you pick them out. You pick your gift out. So a lot of good male gifts that I have found 
um, really generally revolve around you being, you know, the love of their life. So you could get him some sexy lingerie for both of you to wear, whether that's some silk boxers for him and a nice little negligee for you or a chemise, then that's on you. Those both would be about the $20 mark. Um, you could also... Um, toast marshmallows with him, roast chestnuts, like make it a really fun, homey Christmas because you can make a romantic Christmas without actually having to spend money. So another thing is Amazon bestsellers list of adult toys. I'm going to say that again, Amazon's bestseller adult toy list. And you're like, Jessica, why would I need that? This is a new relationship. That's why you need it. <laughs> So it keeps the spice. And this list, it has over 600 different adult items. It has handcuffs, nipple clamps, honey dust, edible panties, vibrating eggs, massagers. It has all that stuff, and it's in a nice price range. And you don't have to feel like you're spending a lot of money to have some fun with your spouse or your significant other. And you'll look pretty boss doing that shit. You know, he'd be like, oh, shit, Bay really came for me for Christmas. Another gift, if you're like, well, I don't want to do that. There's another gift that I recommend, and I've bought it three times. I bought one for my nephew, nephew. I bought one for my father, and I bought one for my older brother. It is called a man crate. And... It is exactly what I said. They send your man's gift in a manly design crate and the price varies from $19 to $100 plus. So whether that's a whiskey appreciation crate or the NFL barware crate, they have all kinds of male design gifts that I am in love with and I continue to swear by them because they are just the best man gifts. Men are very easy once you know what they like. Um, so those are the two things that I would recommend. Also, want to throw that out there. This is y'all's first Christmas together. So you don't have to throw out all the bells and whistles. Sometimes all your significant other really wants is your eyes to light up when you talk to them, when you see them, and when you spend time together. And... In today's political climate, how dark it seems and how dreary it seems, I think it's very important for couples especially to let their love shine bright for one another. Let him know how much he means to you, whether that means you have the first text message that he ever sent you, and girl, I know you do because we all do that, <laughs> or the first card he got you, the first gift, the first event y'all went to. Maybe even just make him a really nice picture book. You know what I'm saying? But the number one thing that I want everyone to get this holiday season is I want people to feel renewed by hope, joy, and most of all, love. And you being the one that he chose to be with and you chose to be with him, make sure that that's on your number one list is to love and to spread the love. And let him know that no matter what present he got you, that he is the best gift you could ever have for this Christmas season. Thank you so much for the letter. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks again for rocking with Team Grab It. 
remember, be good or be good at it. Until next time, bye.